Welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have Jen Sidorova, commentator, Young Voices, also currently a policy analyst at the Pension Integrity Project of the Reza Foundation. She has a long, extensive, very impressive background and resume. Thank you for joining us on Indisputable. Hi, Dr. Richie, good to be here. Absolutely, um, I don't want to presume what you know or believe about some of these topics, uh, but we are going to chop it up about vaccine mandates and possibly even get into uh, the booster shot regimen, which is now uh, coming onto the scene in America. Other places already had it. Um, so what are, you, what are your sentiments about um, vaccine protocols in the country? I am worried about uh, vaccine mandates and the booster shots. Vaccine mandates uh, practically for a few reasons. One is that there's different vaccination rates between different socioeconomic uh, groups and it will limit some people's participation in the economy and we certainly do not want that. And implementation of the mandate through electronic passport of any kind is a privacy issue and we kind of don't have technology or the laws right now in this country for that. And there's also no law or instrument to enforce any of those mandates. So after all, it's the land of the free and the home of the brave. So if people don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. And as far as the booster shots, my main concern is that there's just not enough good data for that, that I would find trustworthy. And there's also no really evidence that the booster would do anything in addition to the vaccination already does. Okay, so there are a few things that I would like to respond to. Uh, let me first start by talking about vaccination mandates as you call them. Um, there are some mandates for those who work in the healthcare profession, um, but that has even been supported by Republicans. They understand why if you work in healthcare, you need a vaccination. Um, as far as the Joe Biden executive order, which is really the massive thing that people talk about, it's actually not a mandate. Um, it requires that if you have a company that has 100 employees or more, there is a COVID-19 protocol, but it is not a COVID-19 vaccination mandate. And that protocol says you can either get the shot or not get the shot. And if you do not get the shot, you then have to submit to a test once every seven days. I do add this caveat, the federal government, if there's a real cost involved, of these companies, the federal government should subsidize that cost. That's the one caveat that I would add to that directive. But it is not a mandate and OSHA is the regulatory agency that oversees this particular protocol. Once again, not a COVID vaccine mandate, it is a protocol. OSHA exists by way of the Commerce Clause of the US Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3 which allows for Congress to create regulatory agencies to enact something we call administrative law. <clears throat> this was settled in 1970, it is settled case law in the US Supreme Court. So there's no constitutional issue, it, they are within their constitutional authority, they're within their statutory limitations to enact this administrative law. So when, when people say, okay, here's my problem with vaccine mandates, it's unconstitutional or it's an intrusion, well not based on existing Case law, not based on the Constitution and not based on the administrative law um, abilities of OSHA. And also, all 50 states in the United States of America, they already have a vaccine mandate protocol. That's an actual mandate. If you go to a public school, 100% of public schools, they require 
a vaccination regimen. 92 plus percent of private schools require a vaccination regimen in order for you to attend that institution. And the vast majority of US colleges also require that you have vaccination vaccinations in order to attend. And the federal government has had this as a longstanding policy as far as travel. You must have, if you come from some certain regions, you gotta have certain vaccinations to come to this country. Already a mandate, already statutory, already federal law. The US military for decades, they've had to submit to various vaccination mandates in order to serve in the US military. It is settled, it is not a constitutional intrusion because you have the right not to have that job. So what do you say to those mandates protocols that already exist? Well, I would say that there's a concern. There's a concern of expansion this into something like electronic passport. And although yes, we already have some sort of requirements for like you mentioned colleges to have vaccinations. There's not yet a requirement for those colleges to have the COVID-19 vaccination. As a matter of fact, since you're bringing up colleges, right now I'm attending a large public school where there isn't really a mandate on masks or a mandate on vaccination. But what they do is they encourage that, right? And they right. give, you know, they make some sort of programs and things like that, which work. And truly, like as far as the vaccine itself, I am vaccinated, half of my family is vaccinated and everybody had good outcomes. So that's a separate conversation. But in the in the college that I'm attending right now, um, Although we're not required to wear masks, some professors do ask that and they give a reason and all 100% of students do respect that. So well, that's there's a mask no mandate. need to be, there is no need to be, there's not a mask mandate. There's just, they give you a reason, that's why, but you don't have to do that. You yeah, you are, know, a professor, and this is going through the court system with a couple of colleges. Now, I'm a professor myself. Mm-hmm. Professors have a lot of advantages in that classroom and many of these rights that a professor has in the classroom, they were codified by the American Association of University Professors, which basically is an advocacy group to make sure that we as professors, we don't, we're not told how to teach curriculum. We're not told what we can do in the classroom or limitations and all of this bureaucratic stuff. We are able to freely teach, right? So when you look at what these colleges have done, and I wanna correct you on one thing. Some colleges are mandating COVID. Uh, vaccinations. Uh, John Marshall Law School and a few others have mandated that you have the vaccination to attend the college. Uh, but most of them, they do not have a mandate. They do have a protocol. Um, the the issue, I think, comes down to safety. So you have admitted you got the vaccine. Your family has the vaccine, right? Not all of my you- family has a vaccine. You know, some people in my family do not have it, and I respect okay. that because right. I think if you're afraid. It's your body, it's it's basically the autonomy over your body. And we have multiple populations in the United States, like mm-hmm. Puerto Ricans who have this history with you know being experimented on for early forms of birth control. And a lot of people went sterile. And a lot of, we have immigrants coming from all sorts of countries like Soviet Union, where they would actually back in the day, line up kids and force vaccinate them without asking for any consent from their parents. And we yeah. don't want that around here. We don't want that. And the black community has had a similar history with this government um, with uh, Tuskegee experiments and a few others. All right, so th- that creates vaccine hesitancy. Uh, but right. the data shows uh, that only 7% of uh, black America are never vaxxers. Uh, the number one group of never vaxxers are actually white male Republicans. So what you see in the black community is one hesitation. 
uh, to something we call millennial invincibility, just thinking you know it can never happen to you. And then three, lack of access to proper good solid information about the actual vaccine. And, and that's because of healthcare disparities. And then four, we tend to have more frontline and what they call essential jobs in America. So a lot of black folks have essential jobs, but they're not getting essential pay. So you have all of this working in that community. So I definitely get where you're coming from. But I wanna go back to the dynamic of what you call a mandate. So it's not really a mandate, right? Well, the thing is, uh, let's see what the implications of this executive order has already gone, right? So in places like New York, and that's where I'm from, right? Let's 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 just see what let's like look at what I see happening. We have in New York City, you cannot go to a restaurant if you're not vaccinated. You you cannot. I'm living in Buffalo right now. You cannot go to a Bills game without being vaccinated. And 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 we have smaller communities in Alden and Bradford, right near Buffalo, where about 200 medical workers are about to walk out, and we're gonna have those already underserved communities, small yeah. towns that are not gonna have doctors. So we have this situation where some are where already has been all along, but some I'm sure only became scared and afraid because the way we rolled out this introduction of the vaccine very early on. And I think this is a problem of the administration of how this whole vaccination was rolled out and how they rushed some of the vaccination passports in places like New York and California, all of that. that undermined our belief in that the vaccine works. And this is the problem. And these further mandates, they freak people out even more. And this is my concern with that. It's not that I don't believe in the vaccination. I believe that people, you know, they if they think it's right for them, they should vaccinate. If they don't, they don't. But and that's what's happening. I, I don't right. see how that has been taken away from anybody. The majority of Americans already have at least one shot. Um, many of them are getting their second, uh, but it's the majority, right? The, the last CNN poll had it at 73%. That may have increased uh, since that mm-hmm. CNN poll. So, you know, and 400,000 folks got it, uh, got the booster shot, right? So, you, I mean, those numbers are working um, in, in, in a direction that's opposite of your point of view, which is fine. We're in America, we can disagree and we can have thoughtful exchange about different, uh, different ideas. Uh, but when you talk about these, uh, Privileges, these opportunities, like going to a game or going to a particular restaurant, these are not rights. You don't have the the right to go to a restaurant, just like you don't have the right to drive, right? In order to drive, driving is a privilege, and in order for you to exercise that privilege, you must have a license, and then you have to exercise that privilege within the confines of the law. You got to wear a seatbelt. You got to do some things that some people would consider to be intrusive. Um, but we don't have a problem with seatbelt laws. We don't have a problem with getting a license in order to operate a dangerous vehicle. But we want people to walk around with COVID without uh, and, and businesses not being able to regulate that. I don't understand if, if you can regulate in your company, no shoes, no shirt, no service. Why can't you regulate no mask, no service or no vaccine, no service? You are a private business owner. Tell me what the issue is here. The issue is here that this slows down the economy uh, in places that are encouraging mandates, basically like New York State and California, there is going to be a slowdown because although that's not a right, ultimately, if you don't have people attending those games or businesses or whatever, you will see the slowdown and you will see people leaving to places like they don't have it. Like everybody from New York is going but what to Florida if the business now. owners, the business owners are the ones saying, listen, we don't want to risk 
liability, death, um, disease compromise for the sake of accepting anyone and everyone without a mask or any kind of vaccine or COVID protocol. The private sector is making this decision to say, here's how we would like to do this based on a public health crisis. Why is it that conservatives who would normally be on the side of business rights, all of a sudden opposite of those businesses enforcing what they constitutionally and by settled Supreme Court case law have the right to do? I don't speak for all the conservatives and this is not my interest here. But what I would like to say is in places like New York City, this was the government who who ultimately mandated that, right? So it was it was, was not a choice of any any business. And yes, some businesses, sure, if they have some sort of procedure that everybody is either testing or has to have the vaccine, and then some people are going to like it. Some you know some people are going to legitimately prefer places like that. It's it's up to them. But when the government does this sort of overreach, they say, okay. You're not going to be allowed in a restaurant in New York City whatsoever at all. It doesn't depend. No, no business voted for that. Well, they can actually, they can, actually um, businesses sit outside are if against the that. Restaurant has a patio outside. They're able to still patronize the business outside. But what about healthcare workers? Because it seems like people have been out of shape about healthcare workers, and some hospitals have mandated. Now that's a real mandate. Some hospitals have mandated that they receive the vaccination. But healthcare workers, they already have a vaccination requirement. So they are required by that administrative rule or their policy with that particular hospital to have a certain regimen of vaccinations. Why is it a problem now? Again, similar situation. If it is required by the place of your employment, this is different from the government so you're okay with that? You're okay with, with hospitals enforcing a policy that says our nurses, our doctors, our support staff, they need to have this additional vaccination to their existing regimen. You're okay with that? I think businesses and the government should let people do with their body whatever they want. With that said, with that said, what this is doing right now, what the executive order, what this conversation has been about is the expansion of the government controlling the people's rights to whatever they want to put in their body. And then ultimately pushing is everything to electronic passport that has a whole slew of issues. And okay, right let now, me, I, I, want you, but I do want you to answer shot. that question. I got to go back to that question because I don't think you answered it. Are you okay with private hospitals enforcing their own administrative policy as they have been able to do for over 100 years? Enforcing their own administrative policies as it relates to vaccines or the vaccination of their workers? Whatever they have, whatever has been their practice before, shouldn't really change depending on okay. what the government is is doing right now. Okay, right? so you agree so, but I'll have that to, these hospitals I'll have are to. within their rights to say, hey, in order to work here, uh, this is the additional vaccination we're going to require now. The thing is, the vaccinations that they require right now has been there for a while. They have, we have trust in them. Whatever has been rolled out a year ago. They don't have trust in them, so I do leave it to the people who work there. They they have the right to quit if they yeah. don't want to, but it's up to, up to them, up to the people. I don't ultimately believe this is a good outcome for the economy or for the people, for those businesses to mandate that, for the issues that I've already mentioned. You're making an economic argument, I'm making a human infrastructure argument. And when you look at the science, because I, I hear people keep saying, oh, well, it's because the virus is new. 
Well, one, the ingredients of this virus, for lack of a better word, have been studied and actually used in clinical trials for over 20 years. Actually, you have more testing of these ingredients than you have for the polio vaccine. And you did not have nearly as many scientists, clinical trials, as well as money put behind those vaccines as you have had with these COVID vaccines. So in a way, these COVID vaccines have more clinical trials. They are more tested, more thoroughly analyzed, more thoroughly peer reviewed research than even the vaccines that we take or give to school children to enter into a K through 12 campus. I think you already know that. Right, exactly. This information should be enough for people to make a decision, right? If the vaccine is really that great, they should be able to go and take it. We shouldn't be really convincing them. So okay. this is, we have enough information here. We don't have need an extra step and mandate executive order or any sort of mechanism of control over the individuals and their bodies for them to do what they should technically already know and be informed in this age of digitalization about the vaccine, right? Why That's do you what think I the federal in. government, well, let's say that about the military. Why do you think the federal government requires the military to have a vaccination regimen? Sometimes depending on deployment, they have to take up to 20 vaccinations. Tell me why they don't don't just leave it up to the military um, servicemen. I do believe it's in the contract. They're basically a piece of federal property at the moment when they sign up. Um, I'm glad I you said that because any work contract also that. says that they're able to enforce these policies. Say it again. I missed work that, contracts sorry. are very similar that they can enforce various policies uh, and the uh, statute of these states are able to protect them in the enforcement of those policies. So if you're looking for paperwork, there's plenty of paperwork that supports the businesses who say wear a mask or adhere to this COVID protocol, COVID vaccine protocol. There is only two types of individuals that are, has, there has been a precedent for them having to do any sort of vaccination like that. These are basically the immigrants while they go through the process of naturalization military as you mentioned and then the usually the schools have had a history of vaccination requirement but that you could get out of depending on you know certain certain people would get a waiver right so with expanding this to businesses and everything else we're setting a precedent and this can later be used for something else for requiring either through electronic vaccine passport um, data on the people or storing that data we don't have that technology right now, we don't even have privacy laws set up across the nation and they're different throughout the states. Which brings up a whole different aspect of the problem that we're discussing right now, which is how you're gonna store this data, how you're gonna, uh, how you're gonna manage this whole situation. Is your fear, cuz I hear a lot of whataboutism, is your fear mainly about what could potentially happen with this direction? That the country is going in. Is that what I'm hearing? There is definitely an aspect of it creating a precedent for it going forward. And there is also a, situ a different concern of mine is the situation with the booster. Right now, we don't have any data that proves that the booster is going to do anything more that the vaccine does already. And we're still pushing this forward. So this uh, pandemic is being used to push other agendas and that's a great concern well, of mine. Let me correct you on the data. We do have clinical trials with a booster. Actually, I think Israel <laughs> jumped the gun. They, they're on their third one now. I have, I have a problem with the data, how that data was analyzed 
And the fact that it only came from Pfizer, it was not in any sort of randomized experiment. It was just data as it came around. Which undermines the validity. Right, that, that my point and we was, never ran our own. We never ran our own uh, experiments, and we yeah. in this country should have, have the resource to do this. And right, I'm glad you do, do know that information because when you say that there's no data, uh, that's not correct. Now you don't have to trust the data, obviously, but you cannot say there's an absence of data as it relates to the booster shots and clinical trials, and some are ongoing with inconclusive or no results yet to be rendered. And then even after that happens, it does need to be peer reviewed in order for it to be published to the general public. Right, uh, so, right so we don't have that. We don't have yeah. legitimate data that's peer reviewed. All right, right. Uh, here's what we do know, the virus itself, um, your immunity to it actually downgrades over time. We know that, that's a fact. We understand that, we don't understand it fully, but we know that it is not a replicator or the immune does not, the immunity does not replicate like some of these other antibodies that you would have. Well, that means that you would need a booster shot. In a very similar way, you have variants like the flu vaccine every year. Well, that's a variation, right? And they try no. to get it as closely matched as possible, but it's not a mandate that you get the flu. Um, shop, but it's definitely a good idea for those that work around a lot of people. Go ahead. So the whole point of the vaccine wasn't to eradicate the coronavirus completely. This is never going to happen, right? It's a virus. It just doesn't work like that. So the whole point was to get vaccinated, so the hospitals are not overwhelmed. People don't get as sick. So this already, if the vaccine accomplishes that, why do we need a booster? Like we don't. There is no well, point. In this the, the science in is saying. Having I'm glad you posed that question. Yeah. The, the science is saying, and, and there's a guy, uh, and I was reading some of his work earlier today. Let me just bring him to your attention so you can research him um, when you get a moment. Um, Dr. Adam, and this is, uh, uh, and, and Dr. Shaw as well uh, from Yale uh, Medicine. Uh, they have come out and said, listen, here's what we know. It downgrades significantly, talking about your immunity or your antibodies. Um, but we don't know how far it downgrades over time because everything is still being learned in real time. The field of science, which is really the field of observation. Uh, so they know that it decreases, it decreases significantly, but they don't know how far that decrease goes. They have better data in a few months. But listen, I, I appreciate your point of view. Um, I will always fight to make sure you have the opportunity and right to say exactly what you choose to say in a form just like this. So I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. All right.